you listen to MyMind.com, you might not go to hell. Mind of Man, Mind of God, number 49. It is the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time. It's July 22nd, 2007. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing great. Great? <laughs> I'm mildly skeptical, but, you know. I'll go um, with I'm it. about, like, uh, let's say about a, I, I'd say I'm right in the middle, about a five. Five, huh? One to ten, about a five. Eh. Could go either way. Kind of got to keep it mo- keep monitoring it because uh, this day could go south. It could go north. We'll see what happens. Hmm. Just like the show. <laughs> the show's already going south, I can tell. But anyways, maybe we'll turn it around. <laughs> Come on, Dave. Last time you said it was going to be the best show ever, and that was wrong. So hopefully you're wrong again. <laughs> I'm usually wrong, so maybe it will be. Yeah. What's happening? Not much. Yeah? My uh, daughter's... Those things in the garden spot of the... Hmm? Kentucky. It's it's beautiful here, actually. Yeah. Like the weather has gone uh, spring. It's like seventies, wow. you know, instead of nineties, and and it's clear and sunny and just stunning. So <laughs> we had rain here, and that's a great thing. We have rain because it, the drought has been going on for years, and so when we get rain in the summer monsoon season because it's the monsoon season here now so we had a big storm last night that's great all the little shriveled desert plants start to like perk up a little and show signs of life i've heard that that it was an amazing blooming in the desert when it rains oh yeah it's great all the tarantulas come out so (laughs) well there you go i remember last summer i was watching i was was looking out the screen door in the backyard and this thing just sort of crawls up the screen door about the size of your spread out hand you know kind of cool looking though but but big and scary huh there yeah and apparently when you um threaten them they they rear up on their hind legs like they're going to strike you too they feel threatened even though i think they're not particularly poisonous but they're kind of intimidating looking yeah i think they're you know i think they're somewhat poisonous but tarantulas yeah yeah i not like scorpions though Scorpions right. are worse, but uh, and but I think tarantulas, hmm, you know, you want you're not going to die from it. Right. Be okay. But they're scary looking, though. They're hairy and scary and big, and <laughs> although I'm still, I probably still outweigh them by a factor of, well, I don't know, four thousand. <laughs> yeah, probably. Don't forget about them. Yeah, if you're wearing shoes, you can still step on them or something. I know. Yeah. Anyhow, but anyways, that's not what we came to talk about. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Although they do have tarantulas in the desert. That's true. They were wandering in the desert for 40 years or something. I wonder if they have tarantulas over there. I don't know. They got scorpions. Probably. So, I, th- I don't think we were really in the desert this week. Although they were in a tent. Th- th- this Abraham was in the desert, wasn't he? Yeah, well, they were like nomadic tent people or something, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So here's my uh, here's my read on the two the two here's here's what I discerned as a theme. Okay. Uh, being a good host. That is my. That's what I think of the theme. So Abraham, he was a good host to those three dudes that showed up at his tent flap there, and then they told him, "Hey, you're going to have a kid." And then Jesus with a Mary and Martha, 
That was about being a good host, too. So I think there's stuff about being a good host and what being a host means. That's an interesting word, host. Like host, you allow something in. Then host means something in, 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 in terms of you know, eating the host and that kind of thing. Or, or you're the host to a parasite. Right. <laughs> I mean, it can, there, there can be negative things as well. But I, I think in I think both the first and third reading, and then that that wild card second reading. I'm not sure what that means, but I think both of those readings are are about you know are kind of a in in a way addressing that that theme a little bit. You know, I think you're correct, Dave. Yeah. Yes, I think that's why they related them, and and it is interesting. I think there's there's this Jewish tradition of setting the extra plate. Oh yeah. For the stranger. Oh yeah. Because you know. Oftentimes, <laughs> you know the the what you're waiting for comes from an unexpected place, mm-hmm. from an outsider, mm-hmm. which is interesting because you know the whole idea of Jewishness is is you know to be an insider, right? And yet somehow you've got to leave the door open for the outsiders. Yeah, that is interesting, and and that makes me think that. A lot of times in a lot of societies, you have that idea of the outsider or the visitor or whatever, and, and they're, to a certain extent, questioned, and they're, they're a little suspect, and, and all those kinds of things. But often, as you say, they can, be, they can bring in the, the wild card or the, the interesting element or the thing you didn't think about that maybe changes them. Yes. You're right. You think of them as the interloper, but th- they are like God <laughs> in the sense that God comes in there and throws this totally unexpected thing on you constantly, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that wasn't what I was expecting at all. <laughs> right. So. Well, certainly in that first reading, I, I, one thing I was, when I was reading that first reading, I was curious about why Abraham was so excited about these guests. Like, I, I, I didn't get the reason. He, all of a sudden, he's just like running around, do this, do that, and kill the steer and make the bread and, but I was curious like well what was it that clued him in that this these were important guys you know that occurred to me but I think maybe you know he got a you know a preview or something like, that's true oh, it says the Lord appeared to him yeah and, and, and then these guys showed up and, he, and said yeah you, I'm gonna come visit you or something and he certainly is treating these people as though they were, you know, like you're saying, highly esteemed visitors. So, Yeah, so there was like a clue ahead of time that this was going to be important. But anyways, um, and then he's getting everything ready. And, and then out of the blue, they just say, well, Sarah's going to have a kid. And no, Sarah's obviously very old at this point, right? Yes, I think he'd given this is the Abraham I'm not going to have a kid thing and and suddenly you're going to get some and it's going to work. <laughs> did he get more than one? He got a couple kids. Or just one. Did he? How many kids did Abraham? I don't know that Abraham's the guy who took his only son who was it? Isaac when they went up to go kill him. Yeah. And then it was, "Oh, here do this sheep instead or something." Okay, but then wasn't there Isaac and Jacob? Or is that further down the line? You know, I really should know this, but I'm drawing a blank. Maybe. <laughs> no, they were brothers, right? Isaac and Jacob, weren't they? No, I think Jacob was Isaac's son. It was Jacob and Esau. Oh, 
So. Oh, okay, okay. So, so Abraham might have just had the one. Perhaps, because they were old. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Well, there's hope for me yet. There's hope for me yet. Then I guess. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, then yeah. over to Martha and Mary, and you know that's the classic thing about she's busting her ass, getting everything ready, and then she just wants a little recognition. Hey, look at everything I'm doing, and and, and Jesus says, eh, "Yeah, it's not that important. Keep talking to me." That's right. She's <clears throat> picking the. I mean, you know, I I've, I know both of these people. <laughs> yeah. The person who's all busy getting everything. Oh, and and they're both sort of in their own way trying to be hospitable, right? And in a way, you know, it's it's actually good that they're both there. Yes, because in the one From hand, the whole thing. Right. There's all this stuff that needs to happen, but then there's the just being in the presence, you know, and and listening, being with you. That's also important. If I spend all my time taking care of you know the stuff <laughs> then i've so, sort of missed your visit right so you know it's interesting to me too is that if you think back to the very first the genesis think about the story of cain and abel it, there's like parallels there in that cain is doing all this stuff to try to get god uh, whatever approval you know doing all this stuff and putting all these vegetables and whatever in front of them. And then, but Abel is just kind of playing his flute and walking around and just doing something for sheer joy of it. And, and God to appreciate that more than what Cain did. Or well, maybe I thought that was more about, cause I haven't read that story lately, but that I thought that had more to do with attitude and following the letter of the law rather than the spirit. Because as I recall, you know, Cain, Abel, Cain. Abel, like, gave the the best lamb he had, and Cain kind of said, yeah, I got to give 10%. Uh, oh, okay. I couldn't sell this anyway, sort of, you know. <laughs> that he wasn't, he was saying, okay, I'll do what you said, but I'm doing it because you said so, and, you know, eh, I don't know. Whereas Abel, but, but Abel still did it out of the joy of just doing it. He, he did it out of a, a, a better feeling. Yeah, I think it was more of a, yeah, I love you and I'm giving you the best I have rather sure. than the, oh, yeah, there's a rule, so I'm, you know. Well, of... I, maybe it's not an exact parallel, yeah, but I think yeah. there's a little bit of a parallel. Yeah. you got two people. Exactly. Sisters instead of brothers. you got one kind of doing what's, you know, maybe appropriate in a way, you know, preparing all the stuff. The other one, the other one is a more of an emotional connection kind of thing. I don't know. I, I just think there's a little bit of something. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is—it's an interesting story. It's always the Martha versus Mary concept, and I don't know about many things. There's It'd a definitely need... be the one just talking. Yeah, I wouldn't be fixing stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I would probably be trying to do both. Would you? Well, you know, I—I'm more about the well, sit here and talk to me, but there's stuff that needs to be done i mean like i say i <laughs> of course if i had a sister doing it for me then i would be sitting there that's true <laughs> it's just you know i don't know so but I, I, back to our theme about being a good host and what, what what's what's the meaning of host when we talk about the communion and that kind of what was that all i don't really you know what i have no idea okay 
I think two, two questions. I mean, why? Why does? What's the word host? Where'd that come from? Yeah, where'd that come from, and how does that? And then you, you always hear about the heavenly host, and yeah, you know, I, I guess I wondered if there's like any connection between that and 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 the word being a host, or if there's like a, or if it's just an accident. Just an accident. <laughs> it could. It could be um, that that one word comes from the Latin root and one comes from the Greek, and they're totally unrelated. That or could something. be. I don't know. It could be. But we can make something up anyway. <laughs> well, here's what I here's what I made up. Okay, I, good. <laughs> it, it, this is about being receptive too. This is about active versus receptive, and you have that dichotomy. You have, for instance, even in the first reading, you have Abraham being very active with these guests, but then you have the whole idea of being receptive in that, you know, what receives is this child, and then Sarah having this child, and then you have this more active stuff, and then you have. Mary or whatever, just sitting at listening to Jesus, more receptive. So you have this interplay between active and receptive, and host being a host in a sense is someone who um, creates a space. It's the idea of creating a space for something to come in, in order for it's almost like that's as necessary as the thing that comes in. If spirit comes. In to you, you have to create a space for that. It's true. You have to let it in or, you know, it's like the essence of free will. Mm-hmm. I mean, God can do anything, <laughs> but he won't unless you say okay. You know? I mean, I mean, you get into that, the basic. Well, God could have made us all, you know, where we didn't have the possibility of sinning, Right? We're just all, you know, we're all going to sit around and do the right thing. But that sort of negates the concept of love, which is I have to, you know, there has to be a relationship. It's like you're saying, I have to say, I'm going to give, and you have to say, okay, I'll take it. You know, there has to be that space. There has to be the door open. <laughs> right. And, and I think that that concept of space is very important because if you think about our lives today, I think I was thing that something about this yesterday that oh it was I saw this movie last night it was there's guy preacher person talking and he's talking about how much the space of people's lives is filled up with simulation and, and imagery and sounds and, and what have you that almost like it's as if there isn't very much space for any information to come in or any spirit to come in or any or God to come in with, with everything that's so filling everybody's senses. Exactly. I say that all the time. You get your head filled with crap constantly. Right. Media and, you know, iPods and, you know, music. And well, how, how are you going to hear the voice of God when you, there's already so much noise in your head? <laughs> but... I don't. I don't think that's all. You know, I. I would say that's not all by accident. That there's so much of that. I, I mean, I. I would. Not to be paranoid, but I, I think there are forces at work that don't want us to hear, that want to keep, um, keep us occupied and preoccupied. I. I would definitely agree with that. And you know, they. This is kind of not like foosball, in the sense that, you know, you don't really want to open the door. <laughs> to let the guy in when you're playing foosball, you know what I'm saying? Especially <laughs> when you're playing defense. Exactly. Right. And and if you're on offense, that's right. You're trying to, you know, 
go through the door and the guy's got to trying to lock it down as well as he can. I don't know. Of course, the uh, converse of that is that just in terms of the shots you're choosing and what you choose to do, you can have your own plan and, and, and not allow, you know, something. This has a somewhat to do with being in the moment, too, and allowing inspiration to occur when you might do something that you might not normally do. But if you're so filled up with your own agenda and you don't have any space to be a good host to inspiration that might help you score. That's true. I guess if you keep doing the same thing and expecting different results, you know, that's not going to work out so well. The definition of insanity. There you go. So, um, shall shall I do my reading here? Let's do it. Okay. This is from the I Ching. Are you familiar with the I Ching? Vaguely. Okay. It's a a Chinese uh, book of... um, Wisdom or something. Yeah, and and they used it for... um, almost like tarot cards or something. It was sort of a divination. But uh, it was also, I think, if if you look, at, if you read each, um, uh, called a hexagram, there's 64 of them. If you read each one, they, they have their own wisdom as well. There's, there's deeper meanings to it than just as kind of a, a tool like that. So I wanted to read something. Uh, the first two, there's 64 hexagrams, and they're various, um, you know, different formulations to make that. The first um, hexagram is the creative, and the second hexagram is called the receptive. So I just want to read a little bit uh, from that. Um, This also expresses the essential process of self-development. Becoming a good follower requires practicing the highest virtues as expressed in the teaching of Tao Te Ching, where the great sage Lao Tzu emphasizes being soft, gentle, compliant, and humble. These virtues are the essence and also of the earth. Too many people struggle to be above, and this has led to all the disturbances and wars in the world. People never realize that their true significance and worth reside in the very being of their individual lives, and that Mother Earth and the entire universe embrace all beings equally. Is there any true advantage being above someone else? If people stop this useless vanity, there would be no more contention in the world. Every truthful individual life is like the earth, low and receptive, motherly and gentle, giving support to everyone and everything selflessly without discrimination. To be like the earth is to be like heaven. That's it. Amen. Amen. So be receptive. Be a good host. Um, Make some, you know, get some chips and onion dip. and. (laughs) That's right. So that when hot chicks come to your door, you can invite them in. Yeehaw! <laughs> Amen. All right. See you later, everybody. See ya. You can make it. Shoot it. Momog.com.